What up, boys and girls? I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. It is truly a beautiful day for all of you watching or listening, where whatever platform you prefer, know that I appreciate you. So thank you. Today's top headline is by Marijuana and the Law, a publication that keeps me informed so that I can keep you informed. Uh, it turns out, uh, whether it's Washington State or Washington, D.C., there's been a number of robberies at cannabis dispensaries and people are dying. So much so that the, uh, you know, the people who are trying to pass the Banking Reform Act are uh, starting to speed up the process. Very sad, I think, that uh, people have to die before they respond. Um, they've dragged this out so long. And it's hard to believe they didn't expect this to happen. Of course, things like this would happen. I mean, we've been seeing it for a while, and it would only ramp up knowing that there's a shit ton of cash sitting at a dispensary, for fuck's sake. In any case, today's Daily Dose is sponsored by GrassStore.com. Cannabis delivery made simple, huge catalog, delivered within 45 minutes or less. Use the code daily at checkout and save 40% today. Today's podcast is going to talk about um, you know, mental health, behavior, addiction services, and how it, there's a lot of discrimination uh, behind it all. Something that I was listening to that inspired me to, uh, to talk about this, and I've mentioned it many times before, it's really sad, but there's a lot of discrimination from the justice system to the, uh, to the housing services for those trying to recover to uh, those trying to get a job. Uh, especially if they're in the system, uh, you know, people who are trying to recover and get their lives together, not to say that there shouldn't be a substantial effort on their parts to, uh, to maintain sobriety, but uh, at the same time, uh, there, it shouldn't be, you know, in a sense, I feel like the system in its, in its entirety, it's got many different divisions, each one dealing with different things. But this is for all drugs that are uh, destructive and harming people, whether abused long-term or short-term. Uh, but the discrimination is very real. And it needs a reform all in itself. Um, I've heard so many stories over the years. You know, when people find me on Reddit or wherever they discover me and they come in and they want alternatives because what they got at a treatment center has them um, far worse than when they went in oftentimes. So I'm going to share the screen with you and show you some of these uh, drugs that are normally provided by treatment centers for uh, those trying to recover from opioid uh, use disorder is what they call it now, or let's say just heroin use. So if we come here, we got medications, including Suboxone very familiar with that, methadone and Vivitrol, all effective for treatment of opioid use disorders um, by NIH, National Institute of Health.gov. Sure, effective, but a lot of times leaves the individual far worse. So I believe it's the Suboxone that actually blocks the, uh, the receptor from uh, being able to process uh, the chemicals of a drug that somebody is not supposed to be taking technically if they're being sober, but it's not really sober either because they're already taking a drug. Now there are these cases that I've heard um, relating to uh, discrimination with uh, getting jobs because they find those drugs in their system and they say, Oh no, we can't hire you because of that. Well, that's discrimination. This person trying to get their life back together, a job where they feel, they feel like uh, there's a certain responsibility to, and, um, and that they're an integral part of the uh, operations to make that system work, uh, it, you know, that's going to help them recover. It's a, it's a good support system and it's a good place to start. Living situation, same thing. So this is all on top of the fucked up situation 
uh, of the opioid crisis that we have. 100,000 dead just last year from overdoses uh, from illicit drugs or opioids. Um, you know, don't know what the percentage of those overdoses are relating to fentanyl being laced in these products, but shit, we have cases where fentanyl is being found in cannabis. That story came out of Connecticut uh, from their sheriff's department uh, several months ago. And I talked about it then. So it's being found in all sorts of places. Um, very dangerous. And, I, and I've said it before. You have to look at the source. Where's the fentanyl coming from? Going to leave it at that for the most part. But as I mentioned, there are all these things. It is very, very difficult for somebody, especially if they're in the justice system. Um, they've been through, they've been processed for uh, drug convictions of some sort. And um, that makes their lives very difficult. If it's bad enough, the state requires them to do X, Y, and Z to get through recovery and treatment. Um, housing is offered sometimes. I know that um, I have met a lot of people who are living out of halfway houses as they uh, go through their, uh, through their recovery. And they're not that easy. Oftentimes, they're surrounded by other people who want to get high. Getting high is not a bad thing. I think that's where society and um, the medical community needs to uh, educate better. You know, biologically, this is how we are. We all like to get high on something. Some people like to get high on food. Some people like to get high on caffeine. Some people like to get high on weed. So what are you going to do, right? Um, But trying to educate people at how their bodies work, how their, you know, uh, brains react to drugs, um, educating people on understanding, um, you know, why they like a certain stimuli. I think these things are pretty critical. And these are the things that at least I've gained over the course of a decade from speaking to so many people, dealing with my own addictions of many sorts. Nobody's going to be fucking perfect. And everybody's got got some kind of itch that um, needs addressing. And so we all do something that uh, we're not necessarily happy to do or to abuse. Um, But as we learn, we can grow. And when we can grow, uh, I think um, we can do better for each other. And I think that is really the ultimate goal here is trying to be better uh, as, you know, as each day can allow, um, especially when you're recovering. So the last case I had spoken to, uh, they had found me on Reddit. This was a few weeks ago. And I mean, it's a, it was a heroin case, both, both people in a relationship using heroin, kind of uh, feeding off of each other's energy. You know, um, it's such a difficult thing to be in uh, on your own. Imagine how much harder it is when you have a significant other who's also sharing in that stimulation. Um, becomes very, very difficult. In any case, the realities that things do need to change, and um, it, I believe it starts with community, and we can uh, uh, at some point maybe change the perception of how we view um, drugs, how we view people uh, who use them or abuse them, and so on. I think this is going to be probably a very key factor in uh, improving the quality of lives 
across the board because what we have seen, and there was a great TED talk about it. Um, I had mentioned it in a previous video, uh, but we have seen what the data shows is that, you know, um, criminalizing people, um, pressuring them, surveillance, halfway houses, um, the, uh, the monitoring with the, with the drug screenings, M much of this is uh, a lot of pressure for people. You know, on one hand, they're getting help. On the other hand, they're being punished for what they're going through. And that kind of sends the wrong message. What do you guys think? Leave them down below. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.